My name is Winston Wolfe, and you're listening to Pushing Upstream. I was born in 1979 in the Midwest and adopted eight days later. Now, at almost 39 years old, I've begun the search for my birth family, and I started this podcast to document my experiences. I invite you to join me on my journey. Today is Wednesday, July 4th. It's our Independence Day. It's been a little longer since the last episode than I intended for it to be. As it happens, though, I actually have the house to myself today, so I figured since I've got a little time, a little space here, I can go ahead and see if maybe we can get an episode 02 put together. And for this episode, to get on more of a personal level here. Yesterday was mom's birthday and she's been gone since September. So this is our first time not having her for her birthday. You know, and that was, it's kind of tough. We've gone about the last 10 months without her. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a little while, not very long on the, on the grand scheme of things, but you know, we've had almost a whole year now without her. So, I mean, we've had some time to kind of come to terms with what is now. But I've got kind of a thing I do now, um, and I also share it on Facebook, but I don't do it for the purpose of Facebook. I go to my parents' stone, and I'll sit down with them and lean up against the stone or something for their birthdays and for, you know, Mother's Day and Father's Day. You know, I'll go on random Tuesdays and stuff like that, too, but these, these are kind of the big days, the anniversary days. Also, I did want to go ahead and bring out something that... You've probably heard me reference before, and these are a couple of the things that arrived with me during my adoption. These things were given to my adoptive parents, who basically made me aware of the existence of these things my whole life. I've, I've never not known that these were here. Um, but I've got a letter from my birth mother, as well as you know a kind of greeting card that was given to my parents. And the greeting card says, wishing for you and your new baby. When you open it up, on the left side is my birth mother's handwriting that says, My best wishes for your future happiness. My prayers are with you all. Lots of love, baby's mother. In print on the card, it actually says, A world of devotion and caring, of concern and delight. A world of loving and being loved. Congratulations. Then when you turn it over to look at the back, there's more handwriting that says, Take good care of my little teddy bear. Inside the card was actually a a small letter that was written on two pieces of stationary paper that was actually written directly to me. And it says, For my baby, when you are old enough to understand, I hope this letter will be known to you. You must know that I will always love you and keep you in my prayers. The only reason I am placing you up for adoption is because of my love and concern for you. I would like more than anything to raise you myself to keep you and hold you, to teach you, to watch you grow up, to help you when you are troubled or sad, and to laugh and smile with you when you are happy. But when I think about you and your future, I know that it would be unfair to deny you all that you deserve so much and that I am unable to give you. I want you to have two parents who will both love you and each other as well. They will provide for you a decent home and a decent upbringing, 
a good education, and a good future. Above all, I pray that the Lord God our Father will watch over, guide, and keep you day by day forever. And may Mary, our Heavenly Mother, grant you all the peace, happiness, and love in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. All my love always, your mother. Now, along with that letter, she also gave me a small stack of children's books about Jesus and also a small ring box, which has a gold ring with a sort of red cover on the top to represent uh, a ruby, which is my birthstone, and a very small diamond in the middle. On the flap of the box inside which the ring box came, in handwriting it says, please wear this when you are older. I've also been looking for a sheet of paper that I know I have. I just haven't been able to find it recently because I've rearranged my desk area, which came from the Department of Family Services, which is the agency that performed the adoption. Now, I found this sheet of paper in my dad's desk. I think I mentioned this uh, when I was probably 19 years old or so. And in this small paragraph, they describe that my mother's ethnic background is English, Irish, Scottish, French, Dutch, and Native American, read as Indian. And then alongside that, there was a small visual description of my father, which was six foot, brown hair, and blue eyes, which pretty much is me. I'm six foot, have brown hair, and blue eyes. And that he also liked sports, which I'm not that big into sports, so that (laughs) that might be a bit of a disappointment, but that's okay. I've just always kind of been that way. Now, for this next part, I wanted to go ahead and bring up the application for those in Missouri. There is the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services Bureau of Vital Records application for non-certified copy of an original birth certificate. Now, as I've said before in past episodes, uh, the, the form is actually very easy to fill out. It's very cheap. Uh, there, it says there's a non-refundable search fee of $15, which must accompany this application. And basically, you can just send a check or a money order payable to the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. And you would actually mail that to the Bureau of Vital Records, P.O. Box 570, Jefferson City, Missouri, 65102. Now, the nice thing about this form is that whenever you download it, it's in an editable PDF format. So what that means is as soon as you open it up in Adobe Reader, which most people have, if you don't, it's very easy to get to get Adobe Reader. When you open it up, each field, if you click on it, it will give you a cursor so you can simply type in your information. To me, this is very cool because that means you don't have to worry about whether or not your handwriting is legible. The only thing you really have to do once you fill this out is to print it out and then simply put your signature on it. By reading the description above all of those fields, however, you might want to take note that only the adoptee or the adoptee's attorney may request a copy of the adoptee's original birth certificate, the one that's prior to adoption. It goes on to say applicants may mail the required application with payment or submit it in our office in Jefferson City. A copy of an original birth certificate for adoptees born in Missouri cannot be ordered online. And of course, in Missouri, when this all came into enactment at the beginning of the year, that was actually step two. Step one involved adoptees born prior to 1941. 
And according to this, they can request a copy of the original birth certificate beginning August 28, 2016, which obviously now this is 2018, so that's passed. And then beginning on January 1st of 2018, this year, adoptees born in or after 1941 can request a copy of their original birth certificate. What it says next is something I've actually referred to in the past couple of episodes, which is that information may be redacted depending on whether the birth parent or parents completed a birth parent contact preference form. Now, a birth parent contact preference form and or a birth parent medical history form may also be released if completed forms have been submitted by the birth parent or parents. The form then goes on to say, the following information is needed in order to find and match your application with Bureau of Vital Records files. Please provide as much accurate information as you can to avoid delays and increase the likelihood of being able to process this application. The Bureau of Vital Records will notify you if no record is found. So it looks like no matter the outcome, they're going to let you know what they find, even if it's nothing. And then, of course, below all that is where all of the uh, fields that you have to fill in are located. And there really are not that many. There is full name of child on original birth certificate, if known, date of birth, Missouri City and County where born, birth mother's name, first, middle, last name prior to the first marriage, if known, birth father name, first, middle, last name prior to first marriage, again, if known, any other information that may help identify the record, for example, partial name, mother's age, name of adoption agency, etc. Below that is full name of child after adoption, the date of adoption if known, place of adoption if known, adoptive mother's name, first, middle, last name prior to first marriage, then adoptive father's name, first, middle, and last name prior to first marriage, and then the applicant's name. And then what they want to know about the applicant is the relationship to the adoptee, if it's the self or the adoptee's attorney. And then, of course, mailing address, city, state, zip code, and then the applicant's telephone number. And then there is a spot where you would sign. And then below the telephone number, there is, and you can type this part in. This is not your signature. It says, I blank, subject to the penalty of perjury, do solemnly declare and affirm that I am eligible to receive a non-certified copy of the original birth certificate requested above and that the information contained in this application is true and correct to the best of my knowledge. And then below that is where you would then sign and date. Below the signature and the date then is where all of the notary public information would go. So once you've got it filled down to the signature and the date, at that point, take it to your local notary public. I mean, I, they've got them at UPS stores. They've got them at banks. Of course, anybody who's at anything notarized knows all this. And then they will complete the rest of the form, at which point you would then send it off. Now, for those of you who listened to episode 01, you would have heard me refer to an article by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which talks about how long adoptees in Missouri are having to wait, even though now we can do this. At first, when this began, I want to say that they expected a three to six month wait time. And then, as I've said before, uh, the article pointed out that the wait time has actually been extended to up to, say, nine months. So I'm fully expecting that whenever I go to submit this form, I'll probably be waiting for up to a year. So in that meantime, once I've taken this step, which I'll be doing very, very soon, I will be doing things in the interim, such as DNA tests through Ancestry DNA and, you know, all of those options. 
there might be some listeners out there wondering why I'm stalling <laughs> so long with actually getting this taken care of for myself. And the reason is actually pretty simple. I, without getting too personal, I just started a new job and things are still ramping up. There's still some financial things I need to take care of. So while this is on the top of my personal priority list, there are things that are higher right now. So I'm having to take care of those things before I can really uh, dig in and, and you know see what I can find out with these things. Same goes with the DNA. I mean, really, yes, I would love to do it today. I would love to do it yesterday <laughs> and get all this started. But right now I have some things I'm, I'm uh, taking care of uh, before I can actually get to that because I still live actually in the same city and county that the adoption actually took place in, I was able to contact one of our deputy juvenile officers who I am aware helped out one of my longtime friends who uh, was also adopted, and she recently found her birth parents as well with the help of this person. Now, I'm not going to say what that person's name is or you know anything like that because they expressed wanting to keep that private, but I have an email that... She sent me, which basically says, as we discussed, here are the forms for you to complete and submit. There is one for request for adoption search. There's also the adult sibling registration and the adopted adult registration. So basically, while I will also be doing this on the state level, I can actually do this as far down as the county level. As my fiance would say, this is essentially setting as many trot lines as I possibly can and basically to cast as wide a net as I can. And speaking of friends I have who have also been adopted, my friend Dylan from the St. Louis area, who in recent years found his birth mother in the past couple of days, has reported that he believes he's also found his birth father, all with the help of a mutual friend we have named Tim Schopenhorst, who is a genetic genealogist and who Dylan refers to as, quote, a saint and a professional who did in hours what I've been trying for decades. Now, my hope here is in one of the coming episodes to actually have Dylan on the show for an interview. And frankly, if I can help it, I would love to have Tim on here as well. Now, for those of you who have been listening to all the episodes so far, might remember in the pilot episode when I said that I have a friend named Tim who motivated me to even start this podcast. Well, we're talking about the same guy. And if we can get Tim on the show, then this way not only does this podcast become a sort of documentary of my experience in trying to find my birth family, but I also want it to become a sort of resource so that even if you don't live in Missouri, you can at least get an idea of the type of information that you can seek out and the type of help that you can seek out. It just so happens that Tim and I have so many mutual friends that it was very easy to start this kind of a conversation with him. My other friend that I mentioned before who reached out to the deputy juvenile officer and was able to find out who her birth parents were, her name is Mandy, and I would really like to be able to get her on the show as well. This way we can have kind of a variety of different experiences that we discuss and not just mine. And while we're on the topic, there's actually a third person I know of personally, and I've actually known this person for a very long time since we were in about the first grade or so by the name of Richard. And interestingly enough, in his situation, nobody really knew that unless he told them because him and his adoptive brothers all look alike, and he was the only one who was adopted. Now, I don't know if he has done any research to find his birth family or not, 
but I'd still like to have him on the show to discuss his experience just as somebody who grew up knowing that they were adopted like I did. So there we have it, some things to look forward to in episodes to come. And this episode is going to be a little short, but I wanted to go ahead and put something out there to let people know, yep, this is still happening. This podcast is still going on. I haven't forgotten about it. (laughs) As a bit of a side note, as you've heard me mention before, I'm also a member of the Steemit community, and that's S-T-E-E-M-I-T. And so every time I have a new episode that I want to post, I'll post it on there as well. And one of the other users in the community who goes by the name Transcript Junkie, and I see here he's also known by the name Frankie Freedom on Coinbase, went ahead and offered his transcript service for episode 01. He feels that my podcast has some potential and wanted to offer some transcript service for that episode. Now, once I get things rolling well enough here, there's a good possibility I may pay for further services to have him transcribe some future episodes as well. If you'd like to check that out, though, you can go to diaryofafreelancetranscriptionist.com, and you'll see there is a section on his homepage for free transcript underneath categories of posts on the right side. Now, at the time of this recording, that's actually also on the front page. If you go to his homepage, you'll see the very first thing listed there is free transcript project number 13, where he actually went ahead and transcribed episode 01, which is the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and DNA testing episode that I did. Also, the Pushing Upstream podcast is now available on iTunes. So once the show is there, it makes it real easy for it to be on other popular podcast apps, such as Podbean or Stitcher or Overcast, and of course, Google Play. In the meantime, though, everybody be careful this 4th of July, and we'll see you next time, okay? Bye-bye.